0: Hi, I'm Lucas James. And I'm Jordan Ross. And I'm AJ Casada. And we're the co hosts of How to Scale an Agency. After scaling our own agencies to over $185,000 per month in sales and working with agencies doing hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue like Hawk Media and Neil Patel, we've made this show to interview the top digital marketing agency owners and highlight the fastest ways to scale your agency. If you'd like to join the best digital marketing agency community on the planet and let us help you scale, go to twiz.io to sign up today. What's up, agency owners? Welcome to another episode of How to Scale an Agency. I'm your host, AJ Casada, co-founder of Revenue Boost, where we help agencies scale their client acquisition without paid ads. And today, I've got a solo episode for a really, really exciting topic where I'm gonna break down my conversation with Sam Levins. So, first of all, if you don't know who Sam Levins is, he's an absolute legend in the internet marketing space. Many of you might have even gotten into digital marketing because of his courses. He was really one of the first people to start teaching digital marketing on YouTube ages ago. And he really kind of kickstarted the whole online high-ticket coaching space. And he founded Consulting.com, a company that he built to $36 million a year at lightning speed as a pretty young guy. Recently he sold it and is now building a a tech platform called School, which is a platform for creators and uh, experts to basically host communities and courses. Anyway, I met him last week, or a few weeks ago really, by the time I'm recording this, at an event called Driven, which is a mastermind hosted by Perry Belcher. And he was actually one of the speakers. So today in this episode, I'm going to share to you my five main takeaways, plus a couple of cool bonus tips from, first of all, my conversation, because I got to hang out with him after and chat a bit, and also from his actual talk. So his talk was titled, The Things I See Happening. That was the name of it. And it was really more about the the trends in the internet marketing space and where everything's going over the next few years, which is something he's been really good at as predicting the trends and kind of getting ahead of, you know, what's going to be the next big thing when it comes to digital marketing. So... Without further ado, let me, let me break it down. So first thing is simplify your business and ask yourself, what would it look like if I didn't do this? So Sam really applies a minimalistic mindset to everything he does. Even his website school, if you go look it up, it's like super, super bare, right? For a company that has like thousands and thousands of customers, right? And also after he reached $36 million a year in consulting.com, he was really frustrated with the complexity and the challenges that come with an eight-figure ad spend and all of that operational you know, complexity. So he shut down all of his ads, cut back his company from 50 employees to five employees, like basically overnight, all in like a month's time, completely switched his organic, completely switched to organic client acquisition, only really focusing on YouTube and email newsletter. And he made the same profit, right? He told me that, you know, at that point he was making six million dollars in profit off of like nine million dollars in revenue. So he had way less revenue, way less responsibility, but was making about the same profit, right? just by simplifying and optimizing. So I think that's really cool, right? Just, you know, how how important is it to to adopt a mindset of like less is more, right? But he's really the master of it. And, you know, again, like the, the back to the original question of like, what would it look like if I didn't do this? A lot of times I found that, you know, we kind of do stuff in our space to grow our business. We do things with our marketing and sales because we think like that's that's the common way, right? Everyone else does it this way. So I might as well do it, right? You know, everyone else that has an an eight figure company has a huge team, so that's the way I gotta do it, right? But if you really want to think innovatively, you have to you have to like separate yourself from what everyone else is doing, right? And just think like, how can I make it work my way, right? For Sam, his way was just doing it with like very simple and only having a few employees, and he still was able to make six million dollars a year in profit, which I think is absolutely insane, right? So yeah, I think it's a great mental exercise, right? Just asking yourself like, what would it look like if I didn't do this thing? For example, if you don't really like creating content and being on social media and being like an influencer, You don't have to do that, right? So ask yourself, like, how can I still build a big brand without being that person that's always making videos and posting on social media, right? So I think it's a great thought exercise to figure out how we can, you know, do things our way and just be a little bit more simple about how we're running our business and have less layers. But he's really, really, you know, someone that in everything he does, you can see like the simplicity and minimalism, which is something I'm really trying to adopt because I tend to overthink a lot of things or try to like add more when a lot of times reducing things. Doing less is what actually can help you achieve more. I mean, even like his, his talk, like he was the only speaker that didn't have slides. He literally had a piece of paper with his notes. Basically, he said he spent 10 minutes on the airplane just writing up some ideas. And that was his whole topic. And everyone loved his talk, like more than most of the other speakers, right? So yeah, less is more, right? And I told him that we're trying to add a low ticket recurring revenue offer to our business revenue boost. And even though I only have one product right now, we only have our four month you know, coaching program. And I do a little bit, of course, consulting work on the side. Even though I only have like that little going on, he told me, hey, it sounds like you have a lot to manage. I wouldn't make a recurring offer. I would just optimize and get more traffic for your one offer. So uh, he said, I have a lot to manage, right? With one product, he's like, that's already a lot. Like, don't be doing more. Um, and yeah, being someone that does a lot of stuff and sometimes overcomplicates things, just really, really hit me. And also like a handful of other speakers at this mastermind were doing million dollar months, you know, like they had eight figure, eight figure companies with maximum of two offers. So I, I saw that as a trend to a lot of people that were scaling huge. Again, doing you know seven-figure months, but generally they only had like at max two offers. So I think it's a good uh, yeah, in general, a good lesson about you know less is more and just doubling down on less, right? Number two is you know, he sees a shift in paid, a shift from paid to organic. So what he's really focusing on, what he was really preaching and seeing kind of the trend at the event was long-form content chopped up into short form content, right? And you guys are seeing the trend all over the internet with this. So he framed it as like how nowadays YouTube, podcasts, and newsletters. It's becoming the new like as in VSL, right? Like five years ago, everyone's all about like ads and webinars and as in VSL, which of course is still a huge thing, right? And we do that as well. But in his mind, he sees a shift away from that and more towards, you know, long form content to build brand. Essentially the way he put it was that like direct response marketing and the old internet marketing tactics can hold a lot of people back because in his eyes, he doesn't see that working as well on Gen Z and on the younger population, right? Like they didn't like grow up with that, right? Um, they grew up more with following creators and following their favorite influencers on YouTube or TikTok or Instagram or Twitch streams, right? So yeah, we have to think differently about marketing now that, you know, like Gen Z is starting to become a big part of the the market, right? So yeah, he doesn't see the younger generation buying that way from like, you know, direct response and more buying from influencers and creators that they trust, which also, yeah, I can definitely definitely see the see the thought process there. The agencies that do the best and grow the most are the ones that have excellent offers, great marketing, and great sales systems. Now, the customer acquisition process can be really hard to master. There's a lot that goes into generating leads, closing deals, building a sales team, especially since our industry is so competitive and there's so many agencies and freelancers out there, it makes it really hard to stand out and grow and win the clients that you want. Now, fortunately, we've created a free Facebook community with trainings, weekly live sessions, and tons of really valuable networking opportunities with six, seven, and eight-figure agency owners. You can find it here on Facebook at B2B Sales and Marketing Secrets. So right now, go to Facebook, Do a search and type in B2B Sales and Marketing Secrets. Or you can just add me on Facebook, AJ Casada, and find a link on my profile. There's also a free mini course inside on how to generate more leads, close more deals, and scale your agency. I highly recommend you join. It'll only take one minute. And if you ever need any questions or need advice, just email me at aj at revenueboost.net. So again, if you ever want to drop me a question, email me at aj at revenueboost.net. I love helping agencies and sharing ideas about how they can grow further. And again, go join our free Facebook community, guys. It's so valuable. We have great trainings in there, great posts, and tons and tons of content that we don't normally share with the public. So go to the Facebook group right now, B2B Sales and Marketing Secrets. Drop me a message once you're in there. I love to connect with our community members and check out the video trainings and the free course we have inside. See you there. Now back to the show. Note number three from our from our conversation is that the influencer and creator economy is now mainstream. Internet marketing used to be kind of like this underground thing like if you've been around for a while you, you know exactly what I mean but now with like the influencer and creator economy and you know internet marketing and creative content it's become mainstream like it's part of everyone's life now right like everyone everyone knows what it is everyone knows what YouTube is most people know what TikTok or Instagram is right It wasn't that way five or ten years ago And for that reason he was saying that he thinks now is the absolute best time to be in the internet marketing space because of that, because it's just mainstream now, right? It's, it's kind of like accepted at this point. But that also you know, means that you have to either be an influencer or work with them, right? The influencer and creator economy is mainstream. It's huge, right? It's a big part of how we make buying dis- decisions, especially Gen Z. So if you don't want to be an influencer and be that personality, you need to work with them, make friends with them, and have them promote you. So takeaway number four is he sees a big shift towards a big shift away from high ticket. He wasn't saying that high ticket isn't still going to be a thing. He still sees that as a great business model, but a big shift towards low ticket memberships, $10, $200. Uh, he recommended a website called WAP.com where you can see a lot of these communities where people actually, you know, like, so basically a lot of Gen Z people are buying monthly subscriptions to communities, to discord groups, less about the content, more about the community, paying 10, 50, $100, and $97 a month, right? So that can either be something that you can build a business off of, just a low-ticket recurring revenue product, which a lot of people already are doing, or that can be a great front-end offer, right? To actually get people into your higher-ticket services. So again, back to an analogy of how things are different now than 5, 10 years ago. If long-form content is like the new version of ads in a VSL, memberships are like the new email list or tripwire, right? Like that front-end offer to get people into your funnel and interested in what you're doing. So, yeah, again, I think, and you know, if, if you think about it, I was talking with another buddy of mine, Jason Fox, a week ago, who runs a, yeah, really awesome, really awesome coach, coaching company called Four Step Consulting. So he's, he's in the space as well. He's the same business model as me as, you know, having a, having a four month high ticket, you know, hands on coaching program. Earlier this year, he started to shift more towards low ticket memberships. And, you know, he brought up a good point. Like we were, t- we were chatting about it and basically we kind of realized that mostly everything is like membership based nowadays, especially now with the younger generation growing up. That's what they're used to, right? We buy netflix on a membership right we buy our phone on a membership right and a lot of things online are on a membership almost like everything is right so we're so used to paying like monthly for things so it's becoming more and more of a more and more of just like a common a common way to buy things or get access right so yeah don't uh, don't sleep on low ticket memberships or low ticket offers for sure and honestly that's a big thing i'm trying to do in my business uh, again it's not something i'm going to focus on right now but i see you know later in q4 this year It's introducing like a low ticket membership into our business to stack up that recurring revenue because, you know, when you're just selling high ticket services, the problem is it can be a lot of like highs and lows. And also, you know, especially if you're selling like a one-off program, the problem with that is that every month, it's almost like you start off with a new business. Even if I did 200K in sales last month, if that was all like one-off programs or one-off sales, yes, of course, we can retain and upsell some of those clients, but still, it's almost like I'm starting from zero this new month, right? So I think, yeah, recurring revenue, you know, memberships, and of course, low ticket memberships can really stack up to a lot. It's a great way to kind of start out the month with more of your expenses paid and already have like guaranteed revenue, right? As long as you just have a great product and have low churn. Anyway, definitely really interesting to think about. And a few months from now, when we introduce our low ticket offer, I'll definitely make another podcast to talk about, you know, how it went and how that was was different for us. Again, for us, we're still going to keep high ticket services. There's always going to be a portion of any audience that wants to pay you more for more help. But I do think it's good to have low ticket as a front end offer. Now, takeaway number five was, in, his, in Sam's eyes, it's really hard or almost impossible to be very marketing focused and very product focused. And most entrepreneurs should pick one. At school, he's fully product focused. He doesn't really do like any marketing. He's really more focused on making an amazing product and making it really easy for people to refer other people and become affiliates. So he's built kind of like a network effect into his, uh, into his platform. And is really trying to, you know, experiment with having an insanely good product be the marketing, right? Something that Seth Godin talks about a lot too, if you've read any of uh, his books. So he's really stopped being like so polished in his marketing. He spends a lot more time, you know, or he spends a lot less time trying to make his marketing super fancy because, in his eyes, like all that stuff he was doing with his marketing, like, you know, getting the videos edited nice and creating a really in depth strategy for content repurposing, you know, making fancy VSLs and like really, you know, really long form copy. All of that stuff, in his eyes, was starting to take time away from him actually improving his product and getting better at the problem he solves for his. his users, right? So that's why he kind of just switched to like really just being a lot more raw with his marketing, focusing a lot more on having other people promote his tool for him. And so he could spend pretty much all of his day working on the product. So very, very interesting to think about for sure. I do find that like, you know, being focused on the product and being focused on the marketing, it is really two different brains. So I can definitely see what he means there. But yeah, I think, you know, I don't know if you necessarily have to pick one, but maybe it's more like... You know, at least for me, I kind of tend to go through phases where, okay, this quarter I'm working like as much as possible on the marketing or this quarter I'm working as much as possible on the product or customer experience. So I think separating it up into phases can be be very helpful too. But yeah, for sure, for sure, uh, very interesting to see how you can apply that to your business. And now just some bonus tips on this or bonus notes. And by the way, you don't have to, you can agree or disagree with any of these uh, thoughts. These are just his observations. He's definitely like an innovative and kind of contrarian thinker he's helped me a lot in my business. I really believe in, you know, what he does and his predictions, you know, a lot of times have really come true. So yeah, but again, either way, whether you agree or disagree with some of these, you know, it's more just interesting to think think about, right? Now, a couple other notes. First, he also believed AI was really overhyped and this may, you know, trigger some people who are like all about it, but, you know, AI is definitely useful for a business, but the more, the point he was trying to make is that it's not really living up to the, it's not really living up to all the hype around it, right? It's not really going to be like dramatically changing people's business as, you know, most people think it does. And we had this happen recently. We had a sales call recently where someone came into the call to look at our program to help them with their outbound lead and sales. And then he wasn't interested because we weren't like super focused on like AI. He was like, oh, I want AI to get me leads and get me clients and onboard them. And I'm like, that's, that's never going to happen, right? So that, that to me was a good indication of how overhyped people are with AI because like I can't do things like that for you. At least not now. AI is definitely a useful tool for business, but the the point he was trying to make in his talk was that, you know, it's just not really as useful or as exciting yet as people are making it out to be. There's a lot of hype, and you kind of see, like, I don't know, the last, we're in what, summer of 2023 now? Earlier in the year, it was like all of our social media. It still is, but it's starting to die down. So I think every new technology, every new product, every new market, really, it goes through this period of just like everyone's in love. It's like there's so much hype around it, but then that kind of dies down and people start to see for what it really is. He also brought up a good point when I was talking to him after the after the conference, how like basically AI, you know, takes existing content and uses that as its inputs, right? You know, if we're talking about ChatGPT, right? So that's that's kind of more what we're talking about here. It's more about like the whole chat GPT ChatGPT obsession, right? So if ChatGPT and other language models are taking just existing content and they're creating new content out of that, well then in five years, we're gonna have a lot more AI content on the internet, which means AI is just gonna be repurposing its old AI content, which is kind of like inception, right? it's basically like a dog licking its own butt. So yeah, eventually it's going to be really watered down. The, it can really water down the content and you know, that's, it's just going to be kind of, kind of feeding itself its own input. So interesting thing to think about for sure. A couple more bonus tips or yeah, really just takeaways at least from the conversation is, you know, whenever he gets stuck in a decision, he says he just has a yes or no spinner, like just one of those little toys where it just spins and it goes to yes or no. And if he can't decide what to uh, decide, he just lets that decide for him. So I thought that's, Interesting. Again, it kind of applies to his whole like really simple minimalistic mindset, right? I found you know as well when I get stuck in a decision for a while, I just I need to like pick one, right? Like there's a point where thinking about it more doesn't help, but you just need to kind of like just choose, right? Choose kind of what go what you have a a gut feel for. Other thoughts is he predicts a lot of people having one person one million dollar businesses, one million dollar net profit, maybe one person and one employee really. So he sees that happening. I mean, that's already happening, right? But he sees that happening more and more with, you know, being able to create like a really awesome lifestyle business where you could actually make seven figures with just you and one employee. I think that's pretty awesome. And um, I think a lot of people would be totally happy with just, just doing that, right? Two last bonus takeaways were, you know, the way he's building school is he's really involving customers in the process. And I've always been a big believer in customer insights, market research, customer feedback. Really, that's the best direction you can use to kind of guide your offer, your marketing and your sales. So for example, Sam with his platform School, he really released like a very basic version of School and he focused on building a community around it and getting tons and tons of people in the community using his products. And he would just ask them every week or he would get feature requests on, hey, what do you like? What do you not like? What do you want to see in this tool? And basically a lot of what he's built School to be now is based on just what people in his community ask for, right? Um, So he's like really, really involved in the community and just listening to everybody, right? Yeah, I think that's great because I think the way, the way I look at it is like, Your customers should be involved in the process of making your product because you're not making your product for yourself, you're making it for them. So yeah, another thing is when Sam was building consulting.com and I bought his course like years ago in his coaching program, when he was building consulting.com, he was doing very, very little in the business, you know, like in his course, he showed his calendar where he was only doing like five hours of like in the business work each week, like meetings and the rest of it was just for like developing the product or innovation or working in marketing, right? But he only had like a couple hours a week where he was actually doing like those day to day tasks or meetings. Um, but one thing that he always consistently did, you know, even when it was still doing over 30 million a year, was he would do customer interviews. He would do customer interviews every year, even when it was already a multiple eight figure company. Cause that's how much he believed in the importance of, uh, customer feedback. And you might have heard the story of, uh, Starbucks, right? Where the CEO, you know, came back into Starbucks after leaving for a little while and, you know, the company wasn't doing so well. So he just flew around to every single location in, in the U.S. I don't know if it was every single one, but probably a lot of them. I believe it was most of them. He flew around to all the different Starbucks location. You know, again, already like a huge, huge company, right? But the CEO is getting his hands dirty to go talk to customers and go see like the stores firsthand and kind of see like what they're doing, what they're not doing well, and what the customers are liking, what they're not liking, right? So yeah, I think that's one trend that I've noticed with a lot of successful CEOs is no matter what stage they're at, they're never like, like talking to customers is never below them, right? And I think that's really, uh, really cool. Less bonus tip was, you know, he, uh, he started gamifying school. He made like a bonus system where if people engage more in the community and share more content or help others in the community and and basically like support each other or answer each other's questions, he created like an an incentive or reward system where they, they get certain prizes after they have a certain amount of score, so to speak. So essentially he's incentivizing his customers to help other people use the tool better and like reduce the amount of time he needs for support and just makes it more fun for them, which makes them actually use the uh, tool more, which I think is pretty awesome. That was something that he said didn't actually come to him from, like, his own idea. It's because a lot of his uh, engineers and developers used to work at, like, gaming companies. So they told him, like, hey, I think the, the platform is cool, but it's kind of, like, boring. Like, why don't you try to make it more, like, fun for people? They'll use it more. So I think that's pretty cool. I've seen a lot of companies do pretty cool stuff with gamification. But anyway, that's pretty much just the, the, the conversation. Again, I, I got to talk to him for over an hour and then watch his talk. And... Yeah, really, really gained a lot from chatting with him, seeing how he thinks. I hope you do too. I hope this was helpful. If it did, let me know. And um, I uh, hope to see you on the next episode. Thanks again for listening. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening and tell us what you think. It really motivates us a lot to make more episodes and helps us out a ton with getting the show out there. Now, if you're trying to grow and get more clients and you like me and my team to help you come up with a personalized growth strategy for your agency, we can help head over to revenueboost.net slash contact and you can book a growth call with my team. This will be a one-on-one call where we'll show you what's working right now when it comes to generating leads, booking calls and acquiring clients at scale. And you can learn about our programs where we can work with you to help your agency scale and get you more dream clients. Again, head over to revenueboost.net slash contact and see you on the next episode.